G'day, g'day. Welcome to Inside the Spine. My name is Lex, and you're about to listen to a book review podcast. I hope you're having a good day, evening, whatever time it is you're listening to this. A quick rundown on how this will work. The first little portion, I'll give you a non-spoiler review, my star rating, and for this book, my spice rating. You won't get a spice rating for all the books I review, but this series, if you know it, you know that there will definitely be more and more spice as we get into the series. After my initial review, I'll give you a warning, and if you haven't read the book and don't want any spoilers, you need to stop listening. I've warned you now, I'll warn you then, that's all the warnings you'll get. I'm hoping anyone listening has either already read the book or doesn't mind being spoiled. I've broken down the rating into four categories. Characters, cover, storyline, and writing. Each category gets stars out of five, and then from there we get the sort of average for the overall out of five rating for the book. This will be generally how I run it for most of my reviews. It seems like the easiest way to break it down. So, before we get started, go grab some water, grab a tea, coffee, hot chocolate, whatever your drink of preference is, and settle in as we review A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J Mass. So right off the bat, my star rating for this book is a 3 out of 5 stars, which is pretty good. There's reasons why it's only a 3 and reasons why it's no less than a 3. I'll get into those a bit now and in more detail in my spoiler field review. Now my spice rating for this review is a 1. I was expecting so much more spice than what I was given. I've heard so many things about this book and series and I really thought that there was going to be way more spice. We're provided with baby spice, just the tiniest amount. It was really basic, and I'm assuming that was just her trying to ease everybody in. Now, I have heard that it does get very spicy the further into the series that we get, so I am interested to see just how hot things really get. The short and sweet overall why it's three stars before we get into the spoilery side of things. I enjoyed it. I really loved the description, I love the way SJ Mass paints a scene and a setting, it's just rather beautiful. I'm giving it a 3 because I feel like the first, and I don't think I'm unfair in saying the first two thirds of the book, felt quite wandering. It didn't seem to have a clear direction, it felt like it was kind of walking itself in circles a little bit, just picking things up here and there, but it didn't have very far to go. To be fair to SJ Mass in the book, That wasn't something I realised until I'd finished it and was then reflecting on it afterwards. I spoke to a friend of mine who'd already read the book, and she mentioned to me that that was what annoyed her about so much of it, was that wandering feel. It felt sort of lost. And I completely agree with that. I definitely preferred the last third over the first two thirds. The Under the Mountain sequence, I'm going to call it. It had drive, and it was interesting to read, there was so much going on, and I really felt we got a bit more out of Feyre, and even the other characters as well. I just think it would have been nice to get some more of that a little earlier on. It wasn't a bad thing, it was just something I definitely noticed after the fact. That's probably the main reason why it's no more than 3 out of 5 stars, and that description probably saved it from being any less. For the most part, I enjoyed the storyline. As I've already said, the beginning could have been stronger, but the last bit started to work hard to make up for it. There was so much going on, and I really enjoyed it. I liked the characters, there were a few that I either wasn't a huge fan of, or I just don't think we saw enough of them for me to be able to form a solid opinion. 
That's possibly because there were quite a few characters, and when you have a story told from one singular point of view, obviously they're not going to always be with every character all the time. It limits how much you get to see, especially when you have this amount of characters. But for the most part, I liked most of the characters. There were things that annoyed me about a few of them, there were things that I really loved, and certain characters I really loved. I think the next few books will be interesting to see how these characters grow, and whether I still love them, or whether my annoyance only grows with them. As for the cover, I have mixed feelings on that too. I hate the colour. I know that sounds really bad, and people say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but let's be honest here, I'm more likely to get a book if I like the cover. Had I not been gifted this, despite knowing it was something I might enjoy, the cover would have turned me off buying it myself. Shout out to my friend Molly who gave me the book for my birthday and all but forced me to read it. I appreciate it, because I enjoyed it, but the cover. <laughs> I don't like the colour. I'm not sure how I feel about the font. You know what I think it is? The cover feels very YA. Which is a weird thing to say, because I'm a fan of YA books, and I think they can get an overarching bad rap, when a lot of them are quite good. But I just think it seems very juvenile. I don't know. Again, if that's because of the colour choice, or the font choice, maybe both. But, yeah, I'm not a massive fan. I don't hate it. In fact, I think a two and a half stars was sort of where I'm at with it. Had I not had a friend give it to me though, I probably wouldn't have bought it, because I don't like the cover. Yeah, I know, I'm probably missing out on some great books because I won't buy them because they have awful covers. And I'm not sorry about it! Your cover is part of your book, and as much as we like to try and say it doesn't, it really does affect how people view your book from the jump. Well, we've now reached the time where I say get out of here if you don't want any spoilers. I said all I can without putting my foot in it and saying what I shouldn't. So, if you don't want any spoilers, you can come back later once you've read or finished reading the book. It's now time to get into some spoiler territory. We're going to jump right on in with the cover, given that's where we left off. The reason why I didn't entirely hate the cover is because I think it's a tiny bit clever too. Just a tiny bit. I do like that given the knowledge we gather from the first few chapters, we actually get a little look into the Fae with Andres, and into Fairy's Ashwood Arrow that's basically a catalyst for the whole story and the events that follow. It was a nice touch, and it doesn't really give too much away. This is why the cover gets a two and a half stars. Not brilliant, not quite awful, nice and settled in the middle there somewhere. <laughs> Moving on to the writing, this got a three out of five stars. I read Akatar coming off the back of the Grishaverse series, so the first person point of view was slightly jarring for me to begin with. I'd just finished reading four out of seven books in third person and with multiple POVs. I did get used to it eventually, and SJ Mass can't help that I read the Grishaverse directly before I read this. That was just me having to get used to it in my brain. It did provide me with the solution to the not getting to know some of the characters enough problem, which was perhaps it would have been better to get this book in multiple POVs. It might have been interesting to hear some things from Tamlin or Lucian's sides at points, even some of the other characters, but I digress. I mentioned this in the beginning, but I really enjoyed the description throughout. Sometimes the writing felt like it was quite character or world focused. It felt a little like some disjointed information being picked up along the way, and I think that falls to how Feyre is written though, and I'll come to that as I speak more on the storyline and on Feyre herself. I gave the storyline a 3.5 out of 5. For the most part I enjoyed it, and I did actually like watching Feyre navigate her way through the spring court. I did find that sometimes Feyre's naivety was what led to the story being a bit wandery, 
And that was my friend's feeling, that perhaps because Feyre was so naive about the Fey world, that was why it was a little bit here and there. As much as I liked the first two thirds of the book, it was really that last third that held me in and brought me to the finish line. The whole section under the mountain and the three trials, that was really good and at times quite tense. I loved seeing Reason there and watching his character and how he grew in those moments and seeing the cruelty of Amarantha and Lucian's brothers. This was where it really picked up and gave me a reason to keep reading not only the book but the series. The whole book actually felt very Beauty and the Beast. The whole she doesn't like him and she goes to live with him to protect her family and keep them safe and she has to do so for the rest of her life. He's actually not as bad to her as she thought he'd be and he opens up the art room for her which is a parallel to the library for Belle and then in both circumstances he lets her go back to her family only for her to return because she realises something's incredibly wrong. For Belle that's the villagers going after the beast and for Feyre it's her realising things could be about to go really sideways with Amarantha and the curse. So in both circumstances they go back to help and to break the curse. It did feel very very Beauty and the Beast. As I got to the end, I was like, oh, wait a minute. The thing that made it click in my brain was the moment when the curse broke and they were all peeling their masks off. And I was like, hang on a second. Did it really take me this long to figure out it feels like a Beauty and the Beast retelling? God damn it. But I didn't mind. It was one of my favorite Disney films as a kid. So I really didn't mind that parallel. Now in terms of characters, I'm also giving them a three and a half out of five stars. The reason for that is there are things about characters that I didn't like and some that I really liked, but it felt fair to tip it closer to the five stars because there was more things that I did like, I think. I'm going to go through each character individually and try to break them down. Feyre. For the most part, I liked her as a character. As I said earlier, I think her naivety hurt the writing and the story at points. Given the whole book was in her POV and she doesn't know much more than what she's been told and the story she's heard, it is understandable to a degree, but I think it could have possibly been handled a little bit better. I do like how loyal she is and I like that she didn't fall for Tamlin straight off the bat. I enjoyed her sass and how fiery she is, especially with Reasoned. Girl's got some fire and I love that. I think we'll see more of it as the series continues on. Tamlin. Oddly enough, I don't think we really got enough time with him. Now, I don't know if we got more time than I remember and I've just kind of breezed past it, but I'm interested to see more of him in the upcoming books. From what we saw, I think I like him for now, but I think we've still got plenty of his story to learn. We didn't get a huge amount of backstory and most of the time he was with Feyre, they were navigating their relationship and the things happening in the spring court, so I want more before I settle on my feelings for him. Part of me wonders if I did sort of breeze over his character a little bit, if that makes the rating for him alone go down a tiny bit. If I don't remember, does that mean he wasn't interesting? <laughs> I don't know. Let's just move on to Lucian. I love that little fairy. I really like his sarcasm and what we got to see and hear of his friendship with Tamlin. I liked that too. I like that we got some solid backstory for him. Thank you. Boy, do I hope he gets one up on his brother soon. I really don't like his brothers at all. They're bastards, and I hope he gets to do something to them. I don't know, maim, injure, something. Oh, they made me so mad. 
He won me over quite early on, and that only solidified as the book continued. I'm super intrigued to see how the friendship and mutual respect carries on between him and Feyre throughout the series. I really like that they've started a little rocky, and he was being kind of an ass, but then their friendship began to develop, and now they've got this mutual understanding. Even down to Under the Mountain, when he went to help heal her when they broke her nose before the first trial. That moment was really nice. Then when he went to her after she'd made the deal with Reasoned, after the second trial, because she's dying, and he basically says to her that he would have been there and she should have known he was going to help her. He's just such a good boy. He's so good, and I love him with all my heart and soul. I hope nothing bad happens to him. If something bad does happen, for those who have read the whole series, I don't want to know. Leave my boy alone, please. Now Reasoned. I'm not sure what my love for Reason says about me as a person, but I'm not going to look too deeply into it. Morally grey characters have always been up there as my favourite kind of character. I love that it quickly becomes quite clear that Reese is just working the system and biding his time. He's basically just fucking around and finding out, if you will, and I freaking love that. I love his confidence, especially when he's facing Amarantha, and that pretty much everything he did was to help break the curse in the end, even if partially for his own gain. He's definitely one of the more interesting and more nuanced characters. There seems to be more layers to that, and I really like him as a character. In the beginning, and when he started to become a bit more of a reoccurring role, he very much reminded me of the Darkling from Shadow and Bone, but I really like him. I love that he played the system and was just working against Amarantha the whole time, and he was helping Feyre. The scene where Feyre and Tamlin sneak out to have a little smooch sesh, and all their paint on her is smeared and... And Reason catches them and effectively tells Tamlin to bugger off. Then he hears Amarantha coming and kisses Feyre, so it looks like all the paint got smeared by him, so Tamlin and Feyre don't get caught. Initially, I was really angry, and I was like, what are you doing? But then I caught on, and I was like, oh, okay, he can be forgiven for that. You're being a good boy here. You're, you're doing good. I just, I really like Reese, and I'm really, really excited to see more of him through the rest of the series. Okay, so let's talk about Amarantha. I love a villain that is just pure evil. I despised Amarantha, and that is also why I loved her so much. She was tricky and sneaky, and she fully justified her actions to herself. She was clever in the way she made deals, and she was brutal in her punishments. It was a nice, interesting statement on how all-consuming revenge can be. I don't think we've seen the last of her yet. I kind of hope we haven't, because she's a great villain and I really would like to see her again. Something has to come around about that missing ring. A top-tier bad guy, brutal, clever, sneaky, brilliant. So Feyre's sisters, starting with Elaine. My feelings are mixed. She initially felt weak and a little insipid, didn't seem like she had too much of a backbone. Once we see her again later in the book, she seemed a little sweeter and more forthcoming. Maybe that's because she was in a place where she was comfortable. Much like Tamlin, I think I need to see more of her before I pass too much judgement. She, for me, feels like she falls under what I'm now calling the Mal from Shadow and Bone curse. Because we only ever see Mal from Alina's point of view, he gets on my nerves quite quickly, and by the end of the three books I really wasn't a big fan. However, in the TV series, I actually quite liked him. Much like only seeing Elaine from Feyre's point of view, we only see how she's being perceived by Feyre in each moment. This is where I think both characters would have benefited from their own POVs in the books. 
It's really easy not to like a character when you only see them from one perspective and never get a look into how they are with and around others or even alone. Sister number two, Nesta. At first, I didn't like her. She seemed selfish and entitled. Once again, given this is from Feyre's point of view, that all makes a lot of sense. My opinion changed when we saw her again and found out that not only did the glamour Tamlin put over them not work, but that she also went after Feyre to try and get her back and to find her. I think her character development is going to be really good to read and I'm excited to see what they do with her because she seems really strong-willed, at this point still slightly cold, she seems to have a lot of walls up. From what I've seen in videos on TikTok and different cosplays, People seem to like to cosplay Nesta, so I'm hoping that that means her character development just keeps growing throughout these books, and I'm really, really keen to see that, and I have a feeling she might become one of my favourite characters. So now we get on to some of my favourite quotes and moments from the book. I've scribbled down seven out of quite a few that I could have picked from, so we're going to dive straight in. This one is from chapter two, page nine, and it's a description of the world around Feyre in this moment. The world was awash in hues of dark blue, interrupted only by shafts of buttery light escaping from the shuttered windows of our dilapidated cottage. Now, I've mentioned this before, but I love the way S.J. Mass describes her world. She just paints this really, really pretty picture, and I feel like it makes it really easy for us as readers to really soak in the world and imagine that world and see the world around Feyre, and I really, really like how she does it. So moving on to the next quote, is from chapter 3, page 28. A chill spider walked down my spine. A simple quote, a really simple quote, but everyone knows that feeling of a chill running down your spine, whether it's from the cold, whether it's from fear, whether it's from something else, we all know that feeling. And just that image of a spider skittering down your spine, I really like that, and it's a really interesting way to imagine a chill running down your spine. The next quote is from chapter 17, page 151. Death wasn't just hovering in this hall. It was counting down the fairies' remaining heartbeats. I remember when I first read this quote, I had to stop for a minute and go, oh my goodness. That image of death just not just standing there and hovering and waiting but actually counting down the last heartbeats, knowing that there's not that many left. There can't be too many left to start counting. Really, really nice imagery. And given the context that it's from, where the fairy's wings have just been ripped from its back and they're trying to save it, but Tamlin knows that that's not going to happen and Feyre realises that that's not going to happen. And so she's just there and she's just being there for this fairy until they die so that they don't die alone is just a really the scene itself is really powerful I think and this quote in particular really struck something in me the next quote is from chapter 18 page 166 and it's actually a Lucian quote it's yours don't bury it in my back please I loved this moment of the chapter it finishes out chapter 18 it's the last thing we hear Lucian say to Feyre at the end of that chapter and it's a really nice moment because in that moment we get to see that he has accepted that she's here and she's staying and 
they can be friends and he's handing her a dagger he's handed her a knife for protection and he is trusting he is asking her not to make him regret it and not to turn around and not only use it on him but I think there's a thinly veiled don't use it on anyone here that I care about don't use it on anyone here unless you have no other choice and I think that's a really interesting point in the book and for Lucian and Feyre's friendship. The next quote is from chapter 26, page 236, and it's about reasoned. Reasoned laughed, a lover's laugh, low and soft and intimate. This quote was really interesting to me because it was so juxtaposing to the image that we'd already had painted for us about Reese. All the moments we've heard about Reese before this, they've been something of a harsh character. He's been brutal. We haven't ever been privileged to a view on Reese like this. And it's quite interesting that it comes from Feyre's eyes. We can't forget that this whole book is in Feyre's point of view. So this is Feyre saying that she thinks reasoned has a lover's laugh, that it's low and that it's soft and that it's intimate. That's an interesting thing for her to think in this moment. Um, And it will be interesting to see if anything happens between him and Feyre now that she's promised to him for a time. I'm keen for this development, especially after reaching the end of the book and now going back to read these quotes again. It'll be interesting to see. So the next quote is from chapter 46, page 414, and it's a Reese quote. Be glad of your human heart, Feyre. Pity those who don't feel anything at all. So this is after Feyre's completed all the trials, Amarantha had sort of put a contingency plan in place, and Amarantha's assumed dead, but we we don't know. I think she's coming back. Um, and Feyre has been turned into a high fae. And she's concerned and worried and guilty over the things that she had to do to complete the trials. And she makes a comment that it would be easier to live with and deal with the things that she had to do, or she believes it would be easier if her heart had changed along with the rest of her and the things that changed to allow her to become a high fae. And that quote is Reason's response. Be glad of your human heart, fae, or pity those who don't feel anything at all. And I just thought that was really powerful and really nice and uh, something that we didn't really get to see much from Reasoned is that really, I guess, sort of wise almost stance on things. So that was really cool. And the last quote is not necessarily a quote. It's a lot of little moments, Ferris, Owls and my or my Tamlins throughout the book that slowly become a little more frequent and are scattered from the midpoint towards the end as she begins to fall for him and accept and even want her new life. And I think that's really nice to see her slowly coming to terms with that and and wanting it for herself. So that is why I've given it three stars. To summarise and give my final thoughts, before I started reading this, I didn't think I'd enjoy it. I'd heard people talking about it, and even though it's sort of up my alley and it's fantasy, I'd heard so many people say so many mixed things about it, I didn't think I'd like it. I was pleasantly surprised, and I'm happy with that. We've already gone over the not-so-spicy-spice rating, and I'm looking to an increase in that spice down the track. 
For the most part, the storyline and characters were interesting, and I look forward to seeing where it goes from here. Would I recommend it? Yeah, I would. For those who enjoy fantasy and a bit of romance, this book is enjoyable. The payoff for seeing it through to the end is, in my opinion, worth it. There's some really nice description, there's some funny dialogue moments, there's some enjoyable characters in there. If you're willing to give yourself to the book without too much judgement to begin with, just let it happen, I think the end is worth it. Now I haven't read any of the other books in the series yet, so I'm not sure if this payoff follows through for the rest. I'm doing this as I go, but I have heard from a few people that the books do continue to get better, so I am looking forward to that. Well, that is it from me. You're probably sick and tired of hearing me talking, but I hope you enjoyed my review and a little peek into my mind and thoughts about this book. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day or evening. Take care of yourselves, drink some water, get some sleep, be safe, and I'll see you next time on Inside the Spine.